Dynamic Form, Australia's most in-depth form guide powered by Dynamic Odds. Every runner, every meeting across Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore and other international jurisdictions. Personalise the form to suit you. Predictive rating for every runner. A comprehensive horse search database, speed maps, black books so you never miss a future winner. Dynamic Form and Dynamic Odds, the best combination in racing. Log on to www.dynamicform.com.au for a free meeting today. You are listening to Racing Nation and our thanks to Dynamic Form. It's time for our ratings review and preview presented to you each week on the program with thanks to Dynamic Form. Log on to dynamicform.com.au, serious punting, serious form, and find out why it is Australia's most in-depth form guide, powered, of course, by Dynamic Odds. And the man at the helm that's going to join us each week, he's back, Jack Smallhorn. How are you? James, how are you going? We're back. Good to be back. We're back. <laughs> I hope it's been a decent spell and you're ready to fire first up. Yeah, it has been, but there's been plenty on with all the sport and, you know, action going on. The racing's been a, a touch quiet, but I'm um, still keeping a bit of an eye on it. But, yeah, all the sport that's that's gone on over winter, uh, most in the middle of the night, um, yeah, it's been great, fantastic. That's sort of... Isn't that perfect for someone who's got a newborn? Yeah, it is, yeah, it's for sure. Of. So, uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to the Rugby World Cup coming up in October too because it's in France and it'll be um, middle of the night stuff as well, so... So I've planned it very, very well. <laughs> I've, I've got, I have a, a friend who was in a similar boat and had their first child. He sort of said that he didn't want to mention that to his wife. He said, "But this hasn't worked out too bad." He reckoned. He said there was <laughs> reasons, multiple reasons to be awake for multiple hours of the night. Then sleep's yeah. overrated. Yeah, exactly. No, when that, um, yeah, that ashes was, was enthralling, and um, we had Wimbledon and Royal Ascot, and I'm probably missing some stuff there, but um, <laughs> oh, it was just yeah, phenomenal. Plenty on, plenty on. And look, it's a pretty exciting time from a racing point of view as well. I think the fields this week signal that, don't they? That spring is definitely on our doorstep and you can see a rise in the quality and the class of races as we head towards September. Yeah, definitely a sort of changing of the guard this week with, um, yeah, you can, you can tell those sort of winter class horses will, um, yeah, start to drift away slowly and, and we'll get these really good horses coming back. It's just, um, it's a bit tricky this week because, you know, there's so many first up horses. So I've, I've sort of done my head in looking at 40,000 trials this week, trying to, trying to get my head around the races with, um, yeah, so many horses returning, but, we're going to learn a lot out of this meeting um, on Saturday at Randwick with, um, yeah, to see how all these really, really um, smart horses have come back. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point, and that's a key part of the segment that we do each week, why it's called our review and preview, so a review of those horses that certainly caught the eye. And sometimes it's those that mightn't necessarily catch the eye, but by the clock or the figures through dynamic form are the ones that we need to jot down. So that'll be a key part of our segment moving forward each week. So we will kick it off in that department review. Was there much to take out of last week? Yeah, there was a little bit. It wasn't um, you know, the highest quality meeting um, there at Rose Hill, but there, there was a nice sum there there called Olympia win. She was, she was the win of the day for mine around Australia on Saturday. She's run a figure of 61, um, winning her race. I think it was a benchmark um 88 there on Saturday. Um, it was an arrogant win from her. She she was just eased back by McDonald to last and peeled around them at the top of the straight and just went past them like they were sort of stuck to the fence. So she didn't beat a whole heap, but uh, as I said, she's run that nice figure. And the best thing about her is she's proven on rock-hard tracks and, and bottomless tracks. So I think she can be a player in the spring. Uh, I'm not sure 
if it's you know uh, something in Melbourne um, or they look at um, one of the Philly, uh, one of the mayor's races in in Sydney. But yeah, I think she's she's got a big race in her during the spring. The other race of interest was the Rosebud. It was a it was a competitive rosebud this year, but our ratings suggest the quality was was well down on recent years. Um, we had Tiz Invincible win the race, and she did a good job. She was one of the first fillies to win the race in oh, ten or fifteen years, I think. But she missed the start, sort of half a length, and then got into a bit of a buffeting duel at two fifty. But she rallied well to, to win the race. Um, only ran a fifty two and a half though, so that's well down on what we've seen. Uh, horses win <clears throat> a run when winning this race in the past. We've had the likes of Anari win this race in 2017 and ran a 65, and Anders in 2020 ran a 63, uh, Paul Laley 2021 ran a 62. So that's, you know, five, six lengths um, superior to what they've gone last Saturday in the in the Rosebud. So even last year's winner, uh, Zuccarino, ran a slightly higher than Piz Invincible and hasn't really been cited in three runs since. So I wouldn't, um, yeah, be jumping for for joy with the form uh, out of this race. Uh, the, the one thing I'll say is I didn't mind the run of Sagaf, but she had to go back from from the gate and, and found plenty of trouble in the straight, but still ran home well to record the fastest last 600 of the day. So uh, she's not, an, I don't think she's an A grader or going to measure up to the A grader, but I think she could pick off a listed or a Group Three race during the spring for sure. So maybe, yeah, one at a lower level sort of. Um, Three-year-old Sagarflik uh, might be one to follow, and then yeah, that that was a battle I had from last week. It was um, yeah a lot of benchmark racing, and as I was mentioning, it's a real changing of the guard this weekend. So um, yeah, let's let's look forward now. Okay, so that's a look at that. So they are the horses to follow, and there you go. That might be something we can kick off with as we um, as we reignite the segment. Maybe the uh, the dynamic forms ratings review star of the week would it be Alentia? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. She she was really good for on a. Well, I don't want to keep bagging the meeting, but on a you know a, a sort of just a, an ordinary sort of meeting, she was um yeah running a sixty one there, and to do that the way she did, just looping them from the back, she was really good. So she's definitely um, top class, I reckon for sure. All right, so we'll make her the dynamic form ratings review star of the week, Alentia. So keep an eye on it moving forward. But let's have a look at this weekend. You mentioned we certainly do raise the bar. Great meetings in Sydney. And Melbourne, we're going to concentrate on Sydney. So we picked out three races here that we're going to run the microscope over. So the Show County, which is the fifth, the Wink Stakes, which is the eighth, and the Silver Shadow, which is the ninth. So we'll go in race book order. So let's go to the fifth, which is uh, which is a great kickoff point for a lot of horses and has been over the years. So the Show County quality over 1,200 metres of Group 3. Yeah, well, you mentioned that. We've had some great sprinters win this race with the likes mm. of uh, Rebel Dane, Terra Vista, Private Eye, one of a couple of years ago. And... I reckon we might unearth another top-class sprinter here in the form of Extremely Lucky, who's having his first start for Chris Waller. He hasn't been seen since finishing down the track in the Moyer Stakes about a year ago, but as I said, he's since been transferred to the Waller Stable, and his two trials leading into this have just been outstanding. Um, He created a really big boom in South Australia when he recorded a 56 to win a benchmark uh, race at Morphinville in May last year, and then he won the listed lightning stakes there easily his next start. So, And then, obviously, they, they threw him in the deep end in the Moya there, and a bit just didn't go right around Mooney Valley. So he tops our ratings on the back of those figures uh, he ran in Adelaide, and, and with no weight on his back here, um, yeah, he's going to be really dangerous. The other one we've got who's down in the weights is Kalina, and, and he's a second pick. 
he overcame trouble to win a benchmark 88 at Rose Hill first up and, and ran a 56, so similar sort of um, ratings to what extremely uh, lucky ran. But he dropped seven kilos into this, so you expect he's going to, you know, with fitness benefit and, and dropping that seven kilos, he's going to run a much higher figure than 56 here. So he'll be very competitive. Um, Bono Notches, he, he performed well in some elite sprint races in the autumn, but there's no doubting his class. But the problem is the weight. He's, he's giving five and a half kilo to these two sort of up-and-coming sprinters. So I think that's going to be a really tough ask. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what this extremely lucky can do. He could even be, I might be going off, you know, way too early here, but he could even be a smoky for an Everest if he comes out and wins this well. Um, I think he's a bet at $3 in the show county for sure. All right, so extremely lucky. So is the one there to be on in the fifth, which is the show county. Let's go down the page. First group one race of the new season. It is the Winks Stakes, of course, named after the mighty mayor Winks at Wait for Rage. Group one, and, well, you, you talk about going through all of the trials. Well, pretty much every horse in this is first up, and this is yep. quality. Yeah, yeah, as you say, the first group one of the year and really, really hard to assess with 18 of the 19 runners being first up and the um, the only other one second up. And uh, that horse, Golden Mole, we'll speak about, surely he had was pretty much, you know, taken out of the race first up. It was just um, a non-event. So the speed map also looks a bit messy here. I'd expect Zaki to be right up there and Major Beal, obviously, from the Waterhouse bot camp is going to go forward, um, but I, I just don't see a whole heap of pressure. I reckon they might find their spots and just sort of coast along. We've landed with dual top raiders here in Zaki and Golden Mile. Um, both look really suited on the speed map as well. With, as I say, Zaki probably finds the lead on the fence or, or strides along the outside uh, major deal. And Golden Boom, uh, Golden Mile should um, just camp behind him and just just get a gorgeous run there behind the speed. So at the odds, uh, happy to lean with Golden Mile as a play in the race. He was coasting behind the leaders straightening in the Miss Stakes first up, but was just completely put out of business when, um, unfortunately, Big Parade went a miss there. So obviously you just put the red pen through that runner and forget it ever happened. Um, second up last class campaign, he ran a 62 and a half when beaten the length by Artorius in the Group 1 Canterbury Stakes. So I think given the way this race is going to be run, with a, you know, I, I'm not expecting any breakneck speed. You want to be with the horse who's got the best turn of speed over 1,400 metres, and I reckon that's Golden Mile um, in this race. I know Zaki's got a great turn of foot too, but over 1,400 metres, I reckon this Golden Mile's got the best or the most brilliant turn of foot. So happy to be with him. Zaki, obviously, a huge danger. He'll make his own luck up on the speed and is obviously the class runner of the race. He was a bit disappointing the last time we saw him in the Doombin Cup, but he's, you know, his recent trial of Rose Hill suggests he's back to his best, but he is a nine-year-old now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just got me a touch, you know, not concerned, but a little bit wary that um, he is sort of getting towards the end of his career. Um, but having said that, he's, as I mentioned, he's, he's got the runs on the board, uh, the board and is all class. Fangirl, she's she's a classy mare as well, she, and she'll be relieved that there's no um, animo to chase home this spring. She she chased him <laughs> home three or four times in Group Ones um, of late, but uh, she, she the problem with her, she's probably going to get a fair way back, and um, yeah, she's going to have to run some ridiculous sectionals to to get over the top of them and win. But I'd be expecting her to to be running home really strongly. Uh, the other one worth mentioning is Think It Over on Raidens. He's obviously right up there, but I just want to wait and see what he does after a year and a half 
um, away from the track. His trials have been have been nice, but um, yeah, it, it's a bit different on race day when everyone means business. So yeah, there's a bit to unpack there, and yeah, the, the trials are, are sort of key here. But we're happy to stick with Golden Mile um, around the fourteen dollars. I reckon is a great price for a horse that's just going to camp straight behind the pace, um, and then just with a bit of luck from the top of the straight, I reckon he can sprint really hard and, and give this race a hell of a shake. So. Yeah, let's let's make Golden Mile the play there in the in the Wink Stakes. Okay, good odds. So Golden Mile to take out the Winks, which is race number eight. Let's have a look at the Knights on the program. The Silver Shadow Stakes over twelve hundred metres at Group Two for the three-year-old fillies. A good kickoff point for a lot of the fillies with plenty of ambition this spring. And again, to repeat what I said earlier, some good horses have won this race on the way to doing some pretty good things. Yeah, absolutely. This is an intriguing race for the three-year-old fillies just because there's so many different form lines uh, to, to try and work your head around. Um, I'm expecting a, a really strong tempo here with Autumn Ballet, um, Taumina and Platinum Jubilee all likely to want a piece of the lead. They are all trained by the Waterhouse Bot stable, so you'd be surprised if they took each other on, but I reckon whoever finds the front is going to want to roll along at a good tempo. Chris Dilley, uh, he'll sit back here and, and be saved for one run at them tops our ratings. Uh, she was outstanding in the Percy Sykes. She she was put away after that um, after that big win and, and been given two soft trials in preparation for this. So if she can just find some cover, she's drawn barrier 10, so she's going to drift back, as I said. And um, if she can just find some cover somewhere, um, I reckon she can peel out at the top of the straight and, and go straight past them. So we're in pretty good hands there with McDonald to sort out um, that little issue from the wide um, gate. I think she could be a pretty special filly, to be honest, and around the $4.40, $4.50, she's definitely a play for me. We've got Kiyomochi as who beat Chris Dilley on debut and then um, ran second to her in the Percy Sykes as the main danger. She's another filly with plenty of ability, and I reckon she's going to be you know highly competitive in any of these three-odd filly races during the spring all through the Princess Series. She's going to be one of the major players, I reckon. But I think they're the two standouts. And I've got a good opinion of this Estriella. Um, she's come through, you know, she won a maiden at Wong or Gosford and then and then was just beaten by um, Cabalas last start, um, who obviously probably should have won last week, but we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, she ran a really good figure there in running second to, to that horse. So... Oh uh, yeah, she's a little bit of the one from left field that that could um, that could make her presence felt. But um, yeah, I'm happy to stick with Chris Dilley on the on the strength of that really big win in the Percy Sykes. If you just go back and watch that replay, the last sort of hundred meters, she was really powering through the line. So good speed on here. If she can just sit back and and McDonald gets her to the outside, I think she will run over the top of them. And yeah, as I say, around that four dollar forty mark, I think that's a that's a pretty good bet in the Silver Shadow. All right, so Chris Dilley there, which is the two. So recapping race five, the show county on top. We've got the 10 extremely lucky. The Wink Stakes, which is race eight, good value about the seven golden mile. And in the silver shadow that we just spoke about, race nine, it's number two, Chris Dilley. What is the ratings dynamic form best of the weekend? Yeah, a bit of a tricky one this week with, um, yeah, as I say, they're all, you know, first up, the majority of these horses. But I, I do think Chris Dilley's a pretty going to be a pretty special filly. And given the way that I've got the race setting up with that good speed, um, yeah, I think she can just uh, camp back, take them to the middle of the track at the top of the straight and hopefully run past them. All right, so we'll make it the best. And now Dynamic Form. So dynamicform.com.au. So as I mentioned, each week on the program we will go through 
the, the rating stars from the week prior and also, of course, preview some of the big ones this weekend just to try and help dissect those ratings and try and help you find a winner or two. And that's exactly what you can do if you do subscribe. Dynamicform.com.au springs right on our doorstep, so it's a perfect opportunity for people to jump onto the website, have a look and learn how they can make it work for themselves this spring. Yeah, absolutely. Just jump onto uh, dynamicform.com.au and, and we're still running that um, seven-day free trial during the spring so you get access to both Dynamic Form and Dynamic Odds. So Dynamic Odds is your um, your wagering um, leader in the market. You get access to all the leading bookmakers on the Dynamic Odds um, platform and, and can bet through that platform. So you make sure you get the best price and then obviously Dynamic Forms your sort of racing database where all of our ratings are in there. You can make notes on every runner. You can make race notes. You've got your speed maps and you can filter form to look at specific data points. So yeah, it's um it's something you can really get your teeth stuck into and, and then make sure you get the best price on dynamic odds. Yeah, that's the way to go. Jump onto the website and have a look. You can see what it's all about. See why it is Australia's most in-depth form guide. And of course, as we mentioned, powered by Dynamic Odds. So jump on there, have a look at the website and have a look at everything that you can and take advantage of that free trial. And it's a great tool for you to use as we work towards the spring. And each week, Jack will join us on the program. And as I said, we'll try and give you an insight into those stars that uh, that stood out from the week prior and also identify which horses that uh, that the ratings point to to be with this week. So great to have you back, Jack. Thanks for joining us on the program and hopefully we've helped the punters find a few winners. Yeah, let's hope so, James. Great to be back and I'll speak to you next week. You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. 